welcome to Once More with Commentary. We are a Buffy podcast, and I'm Allie. And I'm Ginny. And today we are talking about oh, Reptile Boy mm-hmm. and Halloween, which is <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, um, it was a great episode. I mean, these When are I realized good. earlier today that I had not yet watched the episodes mm-hmm. for, for this Sort of this not episode. watched them. Uh had not watched them in a month. Uh-huh, um, <laughs> uh-huh. I just want everyone I, to know that Allie cheats and watches ahead all the time, even though she's not supposed to. I'm trying really, really hard betrayed. to stop. I, I feel I really, really betrayed. Am. You know what happened? So I was gone. I was traveling for a month, and mm-hmm. before I left, like, I was doing all this packing, and I was, like, really stressed out, and I no watched, excuse. like, the two episodes <laughs> before this, and then I just <laughs> kept going for, uh-huh. like, a few How episodes. How far did you go? Only, like, a few episodes, but I I really Mm. was, like... I think you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) You watched the whole season, didn't you? Oh, my God. Okay. I don't know what to say. (laughs) But Buffy is so calming. Like, I just really couldn't, like... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm not admitting to anything. I know, but but (laughs) you're telling me everything I get to know. (laughs) Well, the important part of what I was saying was, today, when I realized that I had not actually watched them recently <laughs> I, I was actually really excited when I saw that yeah. Halloween was one of them like I kind of like went ooh like yay it's, it's, it's really one of my all-time favorite episodes yeah, I so. agree and um, I like I like Reptile Boy yeah not, it's, it's not my favorite but I like it it's not like an all-time great but it, it has its moments um I, I do always think it's gonna be the fish swimming episode yes. every time I read the title before I like remember which episode it is so yeah, um, but speaking of traveling, you and I haven't chatted in, like, over a month. Yeah. I it's think been a while. It has. This yeah. is, like, quite a gap between when we last recorded yeah. and this it's episode. I don't think it'll airings, but come through in the listening because the episodes yeah. are more or less still been airing every week, but we yeah. only skipped one week, right? Yeah. Yeah, but you and I haven't really yeah. been in, in touch because... I you were in, well, I feel bad because you actually came exactly. here to San Francisco, <laughs> and I went to New Zealand <laughs> just to get away from me. I know. I mean, I it was go, to get away from everyone else in my family. I'll blame. Yeah, them. I had to go all the way to the other side of the globe where it was a whole other season <laughs> for just to escape. <laughs> to be fair, it's another season in San Francisco. <laughs> well, that's me. true too. Um, although since I've come back, it's been very summery. So yeah, so, it was yeah. actually pretty nice when we were there. Yeah. But yeah, we've been traveling a lot, and I've been taking a lot of weekend trips, and then mostly I was just in California for 10 days, hanging out with my family, and seeing Hamilton, and doing whatever. So you came for 10 days? Mm-hmm. I, I know, how was... are you not there in oh one my of those God. days? <laughs> well, it's because I was gone for 30 days. Yeah, you have so. been gone for a really long time. It's I know, I came back in, like... I came back home and like it was so weird. Like I was like, "Oh yeah, this is this is my real apartment where I yeah. live, and like this is the real office where I work." And people were like, "Oh my god, where have you been?" <laughs> it's like I feel like I've been gone for a year. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, like, I was at work, <laughs> but just a different office. This isn't really the same thing, but I. Uh, so I've been. I basically I'm this weekend. I'm like more or less finishing moving in, uh, with my boyfriend. But since I mean I just haven't been at my apartment much for the last several months and in particular because I've been traveling like I've been gone a bunch of weekends and then I was in California and so like I haven't been back to my apartment in at least like probably a month my my apartment where I am moving from rent yeah (laughs) but so it was so funny because actually the other day I did have to go 
not even to my apartment. I was going to a friend's house that was nearby <laughs> and I had to take like all my old trains and like take my old route. And like literally everything about it was different. I was like, Oh my God, where have I been? Like one of the subway stations has been closed for like, part of it has been closed for like a really long time because they were still dealing with hurricane Sandy damage. And like, I, they finally opened up the new one, but it completely went over my head because I'm never there anymore. And I was just like, I got out and I was like, what is this? But yeah, then I was like, I got to my state, like got off at my old stop and like all the businesses are different. And like, it was just really confusing. Anyway, all of that changed in a whole month. Yeah. Wow. I mean, part of it, I think I just haven't been that observant. You know, you don't, um, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I do that all the time. I'm like, not the subway thing. I didn't miss a whole subway subway been here. I didn't miss a whole subway changing. That is recent, but yeah. I guess it just threw me off because, like, normally when you take the trains every day, they'll be post... Like, you know when changes are happening if you take it all the time because they post announcements. But, like, since I haven't been on it, I haven't been checking. Anyway, it was disorienting. I could imagine. I mean, it's kind of like that episode of How I Met Your Mother where Lily goes back to her old apartment. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a restaurant. A Chinese restaurant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're, like, playing her mixtape over the speakers. <laughs> Not quite like that. Your roommate didn't like lose no, out no. your room underneath you. No, no. Yeah. Was your did you see your roommate at all? Yeah, I, I saw her today. Yeah, for the first time in months. <laughs> yeah, she helped me try and decide which things in the kitchen were mine and which were hers. I was like, I don't oh. know. Is this my pie pan or is this your pie pan? Is this my whisk? I don't know. See, I feel like that's something that I always am not. I'm always pretty good at that because I am like so constantly aware of like which ones are mine because I'm like very particular about my kitchen tools and so the ones that I don't like I know are not mine yeah I guess I knew most of the kitchen tools but there were a lot of like it's mostly cake pans and like casserole pans of like things that I've acquired since living in that apartment where they're not Mm. like it was just like oh I literally just need a pan that's like eight by ten you know I don't know like a glass casserole dish is not significant to me I guess Anyway, right. hopefully I got all the right things. We'll, we both agreed that it was fine, really, either way. So, <laughs> Anyway, also, I've been moving all day. So if I sound tired, it's because it, it's hot and I was moving things all day. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely summer. It's mm-hmm. even summer here in San Francisco this week, which is a rare event. So, um, like, I did yoga on the rooftop, rooftop oh. at work yesterday. And That's it cool. was great, except, like, I can barely walk today. And then... Also, it was kind of a lot hotter than I thought it was going to be because the sun was just out in full force. Yeah. But then I was kind of like, take that, doctor. Look at me getting all my vitamin D. (laughs) (laughs) So I, there's no way I am now deficient because Mm -hmm. I am sunburned. So (laughs) definitely got some vitamin D. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we've... uh, not talked about the episodes long enough, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope everyone <laughs> really like, cares about our life update. This isn't the plot of Reptile Boy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of the plot of Reptile Boy, do you want to do a summary? I do. Um, okay. I'm yeah. actually really curious to hear your rundown because I oh. I literally watched this episode like two hours ago and I've almost <laughs> forgotten <did> I. <laughs> the plot. Okay, we both, I like literally just finished watching before we started recording. Normally I'm like at a day or two between. Okay, well, so... <clears throat> Reptile Boy, uh, it opens up on uh, Willow, Buffy, and Xander just, like, hanging out, you know, in one of their houses. I, don't, I guess that was Willow's place. I'm not really sure. Anyway, they're, like, watching movies. They were in Buffy's room. Okay. I didn't recognize it for some reason. All right. Anyway, it cuts to quickly 
uh, a girl who's running away from some hooded figures uh, on this, like, fancy mansion-type property. And they're chasing her. They chase her into the graveyard. uh, And then finally, she's, like, ahead of them the whole time, but then um, one of the guys has his hood down, and he, like, catches her. He looks really, like, he looks like a jerk. Uh, anyway, so he presumably brings her back to wherever they all came from. I mean, they came from that mansion. Uh, later that night or later, shortly thereafter, when Buffy's patrolling in the graveyard, she finds like half of a snapped bracelet. Um, and, you know, they use that as one of the clues. But uh, that week at school, Cordelia is uh, like doing her best to try and pin down a college guy. So she's got all these strategies and, uh, and you know, Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fake laughing is one of her strategies. Uh, unfortunately for her, one of the guy, one of the college guys that she's kind of trying to finagle her way in with, sees Buffy and really likes her, and they have this like kind of charming flirtation or something. Uh, so Cordelia has to bring Buffy along to the frat party that she's going to. Um, while they're there, of course, somebody slips something in her drink. Both of them, they both get. Uh, taken to a dungeon underneath where we find out that girl from the opening scene has been also the whole time and they're going to be used as part of a ritual sacrifice to some demon that keeps these fraternity guys and their families like wealthy and prosperous uh so of course at the last second Buffy is able to like get her way out of her um handcuffs and chains in order to and then is able to like defeat the demon and also the asshole frat guys but that's that's it I think yeah, there's some other cool. details, of course, but yeah. So that, that's it. It's like this is what I refer to as like it's just, it's just like another Buffy wants to be normal kind yeah. of episode. Very much. Um, and then also it's like the quintessential like two high school girls go to a frat party and get roofied episode. Yeah. But wait, does that Buffy? A lot? So the twist is like it's to feed them In to a TV. demon. Yeah. Yeah, I okay. think that's like a trope, like okay. a. Like a very special episode, kind of. Yeah, I guess. Trope. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. Yeah. It is nice that she gets out of it, of course. I mean, maybe I watch too much, like, One Tree Hill or something. Where, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Or, like, Dawson's Creek or yeah. something. Like, that's definitely, like, a episode type, I think, mm-hmm. of, like, this is the cautionary don't drink things that strangers give you or something. Yeah. Um, but it's Buffy, so it's like, you know, there's no date raping allowed. It's like, we've got to keep them nice and, you know, preserved for the uh, the lizard monster. Thing. Yeah, that was a creepy line, though. Um, yeah. Tom is, like, probably one of the worst villains they've ever faced. Because <laughs> he's, he's, like, so really charming. despicable. I mean, yeah. he's sort of charming. No, he's, like, so charming, like, you know he has to be evil. Right, like, okay. Because he's, like, definitely got this down. Like, he's, yes. like... That's pretending definitely to, like, come to Buffy's rescue. He's, yeah. like, embarrassed of his friends for, yeah. like, being, like, jerks. And, totally. You know, he's, like, charming her at this party. And then he's, like, down in the dungeon, like, mm-hmm. in charge for yeah. sure. And, like, he's all about serving this guy. Yeah. I did, I did write down that I think, like, my old wise eyes, I think, are now able to spot him for what he is. But I do think that if I, when I was younger watching this, and definitely if I was even a teenager watching this, I would have been, like, adequately charmed by him in that first scene. Oh, yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, he's very well practiced at this, and he knows exactly what he's doing, which makes him so, that makes him so much more menacing. 
Ugh. Right, because like it sounds like, and I don't know if they explicitly said this or if it's like implied, but it seems like he is the the leader of this mm-hmm. whose family has been involved with this like yeah. for many generations, and so like he knows the importance of all of this. He's got all the literal scars on his back mm-hmm. of calling this demon, mm-hmm. and like he knows what's at stake, so he's not gonna mess this up. But he accidentally. Drug the slayer. Accidentally so. picks a slayer for one yeah. of his victims. Which I kind of have a question about how Buffy was even able to be drugged because I feel like her mm. special abilities should prevent her from either so quickly succumbing to like being drugged yeah. or like she should recover a lot faster. And it seems like Cordelia wakes up before she does. Like, but we don't know how long ago Cordelia got drugged. Maybe at the very beginning well, of the party. I guess so she's got true, like a couple hours on her. And you she make a drank point, that though. drink right away. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, that could be true. Um, I get what you're saying. Oh, Buffy does definitely get drunk later, but I do agree that she should get sober faster <laughs> based on yeah. kind of her, like, re- not regenerative abilities, but, like... Well, maybe that's why it takes her so long to rip the chains out of the stone Yeah, wall. maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Um, interesting. It's like everyone in this episode has been in something else. So that was oh, kind of really? interesting. Oh, really? I didn't watch. recognize well, anybody. Uh, maybe the so other the, girl. The other girl has been, she was on, what's the name of that show? It's like My Boys, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right, like maybe yeah. a couple other things. But, and then the other frat guy, he, I obviously recognized him from my recent speed binge of Charmed. Okay. <laughs> so he was on Charmed for like an entire season. Okay. So oh, I didn't recognize him at all. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that's it, maybe. Just those two. Yeah. But I know you're yeah, right about Tom that girl. Guy, I don't, I've never seen him again. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this episode, I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, mm-hmm. we get the, the amazing sequence of Xander at this frat party, um, <laughs> which I sort of enjoyed and also sort of didn't because yeah. his whole reason for being there is, like, stupid Xander feeling like he, he's the only one who can protect Buffy, mm-hmm. which is moronic on every level, but... Then also just his entire experience at the frat party, I find hilarious. And also I'm kind of excited for Xander, like up until the point where he's discovered, he's actually kind of killing it with the ladies. I guess I can't. Oh, he is killing with the ladies. I can never really decide if those guys, I feel like at first it kind of seems like they're kind of just like genuine, actually having fun with him. But I feel like they were just completely having fun at his expense. I guess it's an obvious thing to say. I guess I just think that for a minute, like you're saying, like, because it seems like the girls do kind of like him, that, like, oh, maybe he's actually going to fit in, and then that doesn't really happen. But I do think it's interesting because he is there on paper and probably realistically because he wants to, of course, like, prove himself to Buffy or whatever. But I do think that the other thing is that he is kind of being insecure about class, you know? Like, he does make a lot... I do... I feel like a little bit of it also was just proved to himself that like he's just as good as these guys or that he could fit in there or something and I feel like that does kind of make it a little bit more not like forgivable but like you know he's he's a little bit multifaceted in this episode which I would not say if I didn't think it was true (laughs) there's a lot more going on um I do love his little line when he leaves the house and he's like one day I'm gonna I'm gonna be rich and powerful just like you and he's like and you'll still be more powerful yeah yeah (laughs) whatever because um, well, because, you know, Cordelia has that it's kind of a great burn, but it's also really mean about, yeah. like, that he's gonna just going be to college one day mm-hmm. delivering pizzas, yeah. which, uh, ironically, is sort of do- actually how he does end up yeah. visiting colleges True. on occasion. True. But, 
Um, but it's a mean thing to say. And so, like, you could imagine, like, I mean, we kind of start to see, like, kind of like a ramp up of Xander and Cordelia here. Mm-hmm. Of, like, the intensity of, like, their put downs are getting you know, yeah. it's, like, really mean. And, like, you can kind of start to, like, there's more tension and it's, like, heavily foreshadowed here. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that got to him, right? So he's out to prove not only that he can keep Buffy safe. Like, he at no point ever considers that he's there to keep Cordelia safe. True. Um, but, yeah, he's, like, maybe a little bit out to prove to himself that he can hang out at a frat party. I think he definitely is. Yeah. Um, Willow wants no part of it, though, which you know why. Because they probably don't serve raisins. <laughs> she, <laughs> You're right. She is not about that. She's heard yeah. some bad stuff goes down there, but what she's not saying is that they don't serve raisins. Uh, no, you're totally right. What's she going to even do there? Exactly. Uh, but it's while gonna... we're talking about Willow, I do feel like, you know, I spend a lot of time, and we both do, talking about how great Cordelia truly is, even though she's very mean, as you just explained. Like, she says some really hurtful things to Xander. Um but, like, I don't want that to ever come across. Like, I don't know that Willow is, like, the true badass and the true great. She's just almost unassailable. Like, she's such a good friend. She puts both Angel and Giles in their place about, like, here's all the things that you're doing that are pushing Buffy to this behavior. And, like, why aren't you better about it? And she also asks the important questions, like, Angel, how do you shave if you can't yes, see yourself oh in a mirror? <laughs> I actually wrote this down of, like, the important questions, yes. like, from Angel. Because, yes. like, she's, like, too. looking at his non-reflection and asking what we all must be wondering. Yeah. Like, how do you groom yourself? Yeah. How do you shave? Um, so I mean, I guess the idea is, like, he doesn't need to, right? Because he's dead, so... I don't know. Like, his hair doesn't grow, I assume. I, I feel like that's true blood rules. I don't know if it's... Okay, well, like, I'll have to keep a lookout for a five like, o'clock shadow. Clean-shaven, so... Episode. This is not hmm. really, like, a, a question that's ever come up, but it well, is a very It is a question one. that came up. Willow asked it. <laughs> no, he, but I mean, like, aside from this one thing, oh, like, okay. how many vampires do you see that are bearded? A lot of them. Like that cowboy one, he's got a beard. A lot of them have mustaches at the very least. Oh, that's a good point. Hmm. But I mean, I guess you could assume they died with that facial hair. But again, I would imagine once you shave off any existing facial hair, it's not going to grow back. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to have to do further research about this. <laughs> he didn't answer the question. <laughs> he didn't, no. He looked, seemed extremely confused by mm-hmm. it. Um, also, speaking of rules around Angel, how the hell did he get into the frat house? Well, yeah. Okay, I mean, I read like, some stuff online. Xander but doesn't live there, so he can't invite him in. I think it just is enough of a public space or enough of a non-permanent residence that the rules maybe don't apply, but I also kind of think they just weren't thinking about it. Because then why don't vampires just go into every single sorority and frat house and, like, feast? Maybe they do. And we just don't care about this. <laughs> so this episode is not very forgiving to fraternities, so maybe we just don't care about them. Maybe. Hmm. I just, as soon as he ran in, I was like, wait, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be weird. happening. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, it is confusing. You know, I don't, I don't know that, is it strictly personal residences? Like, we know they can go into malls. I don't yeah, know. I mean, there is obviously some sort of gradient between, like, a house, a school, and a mall, and a frat house. But I'm not sure exactly what the line is. Mm. Hmm. Maybe he's allowed. I don't know. I just, it seemed so yeah. odd because well, he's like going into a home. The explanation that I read online is that it, because it's a temporary residence for all of them. 
but I'm not sure that's going to jive with season four. Well, that doesn't four. count because, yeah. um, like, when they're in college, like, exactly. they definitely, like, have to invite vampires into the dorm. Do they have to invite them into the dorm, or do they have to invite them into the room? Into the room, I thought. But I guess he's getting as far as the dorm hallway. Well, that's in really the, a good question because you know he's not going that, into the he can go into like the lobby, <laughs> I think. But okay, we'll we'll revisit this yeah. in season four okay. because <laughs> there's definitely a time when a vampire is in a dorm room, and I don't remember an invitation. Ha- yeah, like if mm. he had to be invited or not. Yeah, that's a great point. Okay, more to come a year from now yeah. or however long. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I want to... I don't actually have an answer to this either. I just want to pose mm-hmm. the question of, like... So in that first scene that Tom is talking... Tom, the, like, charming fraternity guy, is talking to Buffy and, like, flirting with her, and he's being really, like, oh, I don't even like these things, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we get it. Um, you know, he's he's a senior in college, and she's a right. junior in high school, which is very off-putting, to say the least. It's super creepy. What kind of college guys go drive around high school campuses trying to pick up girls? Like, I was actively disgusted by this. But then, well, like, not two scenes later, of course, she's talking to Angel, and he's telling her, I'm too old for you because I'm 241. Like, I just don't really know what to do with that age gap between Buffy and Angel. I just, like, it doesn't make me uncomfortable watching it. I guess it's I just because, because I bought like, into it so much. But because that age gap is so comical, yeah. that, like... You just forget about it, like, and it's, it doesn't, I don't know, it's, what interest does Angel have in a 16-year-old girl is a great question. I don't know. Yeah. What interest do these college seniors have in high school juniors? Well, mm-hmm. I think the interest is that they're easy marks. For totally. Their, like, but, but, because, like, okay, sure, and, it's, and like, they, this thing of, like, high school that. girls dating, like, a college boy or whatever, but, yeah. like, at most, he's going to be, like, a sophomore because it's, like, her high school boyfriend sure. or something, right? Like, it's not, like... Well, I mean, I think people do date like that, but I I, would frown on it for the most part. I guess I never understand, like, what they would ever have in common. Like, you're in college. Why would you want to date someone in high school? That seems incredibly odd. In this particular instance, like, yeah, I totally buy it. Like, you know, and why Buffy and Cordelia aren't more suspicious of why these college... I mean, Cordelia would never question it. She assumes everyone thinks she's amazing. (laughs) Of course. Um... (laughs) But, like, why wouldn't Buffy question it more? I don't know. I just... I don't think I, that she would right. really question like, it. I guess I'm questioning yeah. why it doesn't bother me more about Angel. I don't think that there... I don't think anybody's doing anything that's actually, like, abnormal and I haven't heard of it or don't know people who have dated with age gaps. But, like, I just know if, you know, me being 30 now, like, I think it's creepy for a college senior to be hitting on a high school junior that they've never even met before. Well, but and I'm also totally maybe it's because cool they call more attention it. to it, right? Yeah. Like, the angel age thing, they kind of, until they bring it up as, like, a comedic moment mm-hmm. or something, like, it kind of slides under the rug. But also, like, Angel's not that condescending about it most of the time. Yeah. Like, this one guy was, like, so condescending. Like, when I oh, was your age, yeah. I, was a, I wasn't into grown-up things. I, I know. Like, what? Ugh. Ugh, that guy needed to be punched like, in the face, too. Yeah, he's, like, three years older than her, mm-hmm. and he's, like, pretending, like, he she's a child. I mean, she is a child, but, like, you know... I guess maybe a little bit of it, too, has to do with the fact that Angel is mostly interested in, you know, he's not interested in 16-year-old girls, he's interested in the Slayer. I don't know. I feel like I'm about to defend some things, and I don't want to go down this road, so never mind. Suffice it well, to say... Well, it's not like he's making a habit of pursuing... Right. And he's, and he's not. Like, he's, 
you know, she's asking him out, essentially, and he's kind of uncomfortable with it. But I think those are also what everyone would say about any situation. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well... I mean, honestly, it's a little surprising that Giles isn't more against it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Also, because he's a vampire. Like, everybody does get pretty okay with that pretty quickly. Yeah, because he's, like, a fuzzy, you know, cuddly Mm vampire-ish. But I think, like, the, you know... You're right in that the, it's so bizarre that it doesn't really come up more. Like, their age gap is totally beyond inappropriate. Yeah. Um, oh, well. But I guess at a certain point, like, okay, Angel died when he was, like, maybe, like, 20, 22. Yeah. And, like, so physically, that might help that everyone's kind of... I'm really trying to parse this. I know, like, I know. everyone... I think we like, should stop before we say something really damning about ourselves. I don't know. Not about yeah. ourselves, but, like, whatever. I guess I just mean to say that, like, I know it's weird... I'm just going to live with it, you know. I think it's just something about the show that you have to just kind of go with. Like, I mean, because, like, also if you think about it, too, like, there's a lot of relationships on this show where that kind of comes into play. Yeah, I guess Anya, too. Decade or century old, you know, age differences. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like when you go from, like, 100 to 1,000 to, like, a million dollars, like, it's just Mm -hmm. not a real number anymore. Right, right. (laughs) <laughs> Unless you have a million dollars, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. I hope. I hope we. Well. <laughs> well, so I think the big question about this whole episode, though, at least that I have, it's like I'm really curious what you think. Mm-hmm. So, in that first scene, mm-hmm. was that her lover or her chiropractor? <laughs> Definitely lover. That's what I would think. Yeah. With the gold coins and the wizard? I don't know. <laughs> this is not like any Bollywood movie that I've ever seen. Uh, I think it was a many. soap opera, but based on reading things online, not based on any actual knowledge. Okay. Sounds like you've been doing some research, so you should have the inside track then on what movie or soap opera they were No, I didn't, they, I didn't see anyone that named it, just that it was oh. a soap opera. Um, yeah. So I guess the other thing about this episode and I kind of feel like this is becoming a trend in season two or this is a trend for season two specifically is that like again in this episode there is a demon but really the villains are the humans yeah I kind of want to make a chart I want to make a lot of charts I'm not going to also because I'm sure they all already exist but like you know no I think you should make a chart (laughs) very notably though you know that that demon is only there to serve a purpose but he's not really He's not actively causing any of this. It has everything to do with these humans who also are doing this only for their own pure greed, right? Like, they're only doing this to stay in power and to continue to amass wealth because, for whatever reason, making these sacrifices to that demon brings them, like, a type of good luck. Um, But, yeah. Well, I think it's... No, I think this is the the deal with the demon is, like, Mm -hmm. they sacrifice three women to him every year. Yeah. Or, yeah, and then he gives their families, like, unimaginable wealth and power. Yeah. Which, for him, is probably no big deal, but, like, he needs... Like, and also, if you look at this demon, like, he's not exactly capable of going and hunting on his own. So it's a very symbiotic relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, But you're right in that the demon in this instance is, like, pretty passive. Yeah. Like, he's not the one doing any of this. It's those guys. Yeah. And it's kind of like with the, um, like, episode two of this season with the Some Assembly Required, Mm -hmm. like... Technically, the villain is this Frankenstein monster guy. Yeah, but, but like, really, it's that little... But really, the main villain is, like, that other that guy. That little shit, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it did remind me a lot of that one. 
I mean, and I do think that, you know, they never shy away from making sexism and misogyny, or at least the undertones of it are, like, heavily present in this, you know. Obviously, these guys are trying, trying to take advantage of them. Right, <sighs> like, like, you don't talk to him, or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the women don't talk to the demon, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Oh. Um, Buffy went, won the day in the end, so... She did. Yeah. Uh... I like that Jonathan was at the very end of this episode. I love seeing yes. Jonathan in early episodes. Uh, and then I guess this is my, kind of my only other note about this This one is, um, I just think it's clear, you know, this is only episode five of this season, but already they're just doing, I mean, and this is, granted, this is like, I have already seen this season and I know what's going to happen uh, perspective, but like, they're doing a much better job of weaving in the final arc into every episode. Partially just because it's easier, right? Because like, it's Angel, it's Angel, and she's flirting with him, and she wants to date him, so... But I just think... I was like, oh, okay. It's kind of always... It's it, it's just going to have so much more payout than the Master did, because I'm going to understand better why... What the emotional stakes of everything are. Well, it's interesting, because you're right, and that they're kind of weaving it in more, but, like, the difference between this season and the last one is... Five episodes into the last season, I mean, even two episodes in, we know who the big villain is, right? True. And there hasn't, there isn't one that's emerged yet at this point. Well, like, I think on paper the villain is Spike. You right. Know? Well, he's like an antagonist that's there, but like, there's no indication that he's like the big, mm. you know, and and he is a little bit more involved with the on like the goings on of like the plot and stuff because like, well, he's not in this I episode think, at all. But I think he is um, supposed to be the. The kind of I think he is kind of the red herring because he kicked well, out the anointed one. No, I mean I think if you had only seen these five episodes, you would assume that Spike was maybe going to be the big bad. Perhaps I, I say true. that because somebody that was watching this with was like, "Oh, isn't it a Spike?" <laughs> so I guess that's true. I mean, and I also I guess it's just because like you're right. Like I do know what's going to happen, yeah. and um, I know where this is going. And at this point, I suppose it would be Spike. But then that's hard to remember when he's not in episodes like this. Right. Well, which um, is kind of funny because, again, now looking back on it, of course, with experienced eyes, is that it's obvious that it's not going to be Spike because he's not being mentioned every episode. Like, well, I, think I mean, it's not, not obvious. With the master. But like, they didn't mention him. No, every I know. Episode. I guess, like, again. You know, I think when Xander and friends got turned into hyenas, like, no one was talking about the master. No, I know. But I guess I mean going forward. I just mean... I just think it is, it's indicative that at this point they're making sure to mention Angel every episode and not doing the same with Spike. I just think right. it's... And, and there is a lot going on of, like, Angel talking about, like, or them talking about, like, you know, well, we'll get into this more in, like, the next episode, mm-hmm. but, like, not knowing that much about Angel's past or, like, who mm-hmm. he was or, um, right. you know, his life as a vampire. And Angel sounds very cautionary talking about himself that way. Yeah. Um, oh, he was a little bit threatening when Buffy was asking him for coffee. Um, not threatening, like, threatening her, but, like, he was very, like, you don't know what could happen. Which I thought was kind of exactly. weird, because, though, I don't know that he really understands what could happen, but... No, I don't think so. He, I don't think he even knows that at mm-hmm. this point that there's a way to undo what's right. been done to him. I guess I just think it's a little weird that he would say that. Right, but I think what he means is, like, like his view of himself is not different now that he's so true. Okay. Right. Okay. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. he still considers himself like this monster. And so yeah. I think he's just cautioning her because in his mind, like that's mm-hmm. what he should be doing, which, you know, is not entirely wrong. Um, um 
but yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I think you're right in that there's a lot of groundwork being laid here and it's very subtle mm-hmm. and it's really something you would only really pick up on on the second viewing or or um, hundredth viewing yeah <laughs> but, but i mean like my yeah. point is that you wouldn't pick up on it like the first right. pass through because you're you're not really sure what's gonna happen of course um uh yeah. okay what do you you know what i both of these episodes were just like chock full of of quotable lines like literally almost every other sentence was something that either made me laugh or was like just very witty or whatever uh the one that always sticks out to me is buffy telling angel when you kiss me i want to die I like. I really am not sure what she's going for there. I okay, think it's very I will say, melodramatic in a way yes, that doesn't. Yes, the whole like it just Buffy doesn't angel interaction. Yeah, the, their their interactions in this episode are so overwrought. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. Like that's where I want to scream. Like you are sixteen yeah, years old. Yeah. Like I know everything has the weight of the world and quite literally in a lot of instances. But sure. yeah. like. Why does him kissing you make you like that? Doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. This isn't Twilight. Yeah, I hate that line. (laughs) Uh. Okay, but to wash uh, to get that out of our heads, the line that is great is Buffo, uh, not Buffo, Willow talking about coffee, and she says it's not a date; it's a caffeinated beverage. (laughs) Uh, Okay, just wanted to wipe our minds clean of. I mean, we can agree that like Willow. I mean, it's not even worth, like, trying to discuss an episode MVP all exactly, the time. Because, like, it's great. just going to be Willow yeah. or Cordelia, maybe. But, like, only as comic relief. Yeah, but, like, exactly. Really the hero of all of this is Willow. Yeah. Um, because you're right. Like, she's always there for them. She, she like, lashes out at Giles and Angel and then, like, gets mad at herself over mm-hmm. it. But she lashes like, oh, out at Buffy when that's needed, too. You know, like, she's always kind of the one laying down the law when it needs to happen. Right, well, she's not shy about telling Buffy mm-hmm. that she shouldn't be lying to Giles. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, and she doesn't really go easy on her. I mean, she knows she can't stop her, but, yeah. you know, Xander's like, well, I'm not going to say anything, and then Willow's like, well, I will. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, Ugh, um, yeah, Willow's so cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Speaking of Willow being cool, yeah. let's, we can talk about Halloween, because Willow is basically the hero of Halloween. She is, totally. And looks damn hot doing it. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, you want to uh, you want to give give us a little yeah, rundown? Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, I feel like these two episodes have very slim plots, mm-hmm. right? Like the last one, if you really think about it, there's not that much that yeah. happens. Like guys um, kidnap girls. Yeah, to feed and to it's demon. kind of a like a marking time episode. Like mm-hmm. you get a little forward momentum on the Buffy Angel thing, but like not mm-hmm. not so much. So we come into this episode and. Um, it's Halloween, which everyone assumes means that, like, there's going to be some kind of, you know, crazy demonic activity, mm-hmm. and turns out, no, that the demons and the vampires kind of like the night off on Halloween for whatever <laughs> yeah, reason. And they think it's crass. <laughs> yeah, they never really, like, explain why they don't go out, but um, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's supposed to be, like, a quiet night at home with for Buffy, and... Um, but Principal Snyder ropes her and Xander and Willow into trick-or-treating, mm-hmm. Um with, like, some, I guess, the elementary school kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure why those kids are being taken around by high school students, but <laughs> I don't really understand. Doesn't like, matter. That. But it doesn't matter. They have to go trick-or-treating, and costumes are mandatory. Mm-hmm. So they go to a new costume shop in town that conveniently opens in time for Halloween, but, like, why would that ever be suspicious? Because that's, like, every costume shop that ever opens mm-hmm. around Halloween, right? Yeah. Um That's a good point. and they all get costumes and Buffy becomes kind of obsessed with wondering about what kind of girl Angel wanted to date when he was human mm-hmm. back in the 18th century. And so she buys herself this 
18th century costume of, you know, like a beautiful gown. Mm-hmm. And and then we see, like, the costume shop owner working a spell. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everyone turns into their costumes, and it is the best. Yeah, it is the best. <laughs> it's so much fun. This is one of my, like, probably, I don't know if I would put it top ten episodes. Yeah, maybe. But it's yeah. Up, Maybe. I mean, I'd have to... I, I need to chart that out one day. Okay. But, we got a lot of charts. But char- it is... <laughs> we need yeah. to make a lot of charts. Every, everyone check the website for a bad PowerPoint yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is great, though, because you kind of start to realize, like, the consequences of, like, pretending to be someone else. And, like, mm-hmm. do you, how much do you really want to be that person? Mm-hmm. Like, so Willow... Like, Buffy convinces Willow to dress, like... Question I mark? I slutty but like yeah. more provocatively than she normally would like she's wearing a crop top and a mini skirt and all of this and but then Willow at the last minute like throws on her ghost costume that mm-hmm. she bought so Willow basically dies <laughs> and becomes a ghost yes. um, and then Xander dresses up as a soldier so he turns into a soldier mm-hmm. And Buffy turns into an 18th century damsel in distress mm-hmm. essentially so any help they would have from the Slayer is now gone mm-hmm. Um, Spike figures out what's going on because Drusilla has a vision. Mm-hmm. Um, and she remains the creepiest, yeah. which is the best. Um, and then, so, basically, the whole evening ensues of everyone figuring out, or at least Willow figuring out what's going on. Every, like, Xander just kind of goes with it because mm-hmm. he's a soldier trained to just kind of yeah. follow orders. Cordelia, nothing happens to her because she bought her costume from another shop. Mm-hmm. And... Then they basically, like, Angel shows up at some point, and they all basically spend the rest of the episode trying to find and save Buffy, because Buffy sees Angel turn into a vampire and runs away (laughs) in terror. And, you know, Spike corners her, and everyone changes back just in time Mm -hmm. for her to kick Spike's ass. But the big thing, too, is we're getting a ton of heavy, heavy foreshadowing here about Giles' past. Because Giles goes to confront Ethan, the costume shop owner, Mm And we realize, like, they know each other. Right. It's the first time we hear Giles called Ripper. Mm -hmm. And there's this, like, a ton of alluding to, like, Giles maybe not being, like, the stuffy watcher that we're assuming. Yeah. Um, But that's basically it. It's, like, turn into costumes. Yeah. Willow kind of tries to manage the crisis. Giles saves the day. Like. Yeah. 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 Well, so it's interesting because, like, what you're saying about how both of these being pretty plot light. I mean, then, really, the whole episode is about, like, investigating everybody's emotions and feelings about all of this stuff, right? Because, at, yes. at least for me, the, the kind of the obvious thing, and you said it, and Ethan says it as well, is, like, right, this this Halloween trick is the embodiment of be careful what you wish for. Every, But all three of the main characters, um, Buffy Willow and Xander, all have things early in the episode that make them kind of wish they could be different somehow. And so all right. of them pick specifically costumes that are going to help them you know, live out this other way they wish they could be all the time. And then, of course, kind of by the end of it, they all, well, maybe not all of them, really just Buffy and Willow kind of realize that, like, they're awesome the way they are. I'm not sure Xander learns well, that, gets that same lesson. I don't know. He just gets some useful so like, back knowledge about soldiers, but. No, but also I think, like, so his whole thing was, like, he was feeling, like, emasculated, emasculated because yeah. Buffy came to his rescue against a bully and Xander kind of didn't really, you know, that doesn't really sit well with Xander who likes to pretend he's the protector. Mm-hmm. Um, so he turns into a soldier and then he is like the big strong guy who can like take charge of the situation because Buffy is the actual damsel distra- mm-hmm. in distress that he imagines her to be all the time. And 
also like his bully, like he, he gets, gets a cathartic moment where he gets to like punch the bully and kind of calls that out in the moment a little bit. But like, so I think like his kind of, but I'm saying he doesn't learn a lesson. Comes, I think he would still prefer to be that guy. Well, I think he would, but I think also he kind of has the feeling of what it would be like to be that guy. Right? I know, but like, I'm saying Buffy learned like by the end of it, Buffy's like, Oh, of course I would never want to be that helpless. And Willow, I think, is kind of like, of course I don't want to be invisible. But I don't think Xander is like, of course I don't want well, to be a soldier. I don't, I don't think Xander's costume is more of a be careful what you wish for situation. Like, it actually ends up being extremely helpful that he does turn into that costume. So hmm. I think his has kind of a different arc. Like, it's not so much about that. Like, I mean, Willow's it does, but I'm, it's okay. I'm, I wish he learned something. I'm not sure he did. I always wish Xander learned something. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it would be nice. Yeah, I mean, but I guess you're right. Like Buffy learns, like she likes being herself because she's strong and powerful mm-hmm. and can like handle seeing a car mm-hmm. walk, like roll down the street. Yeah, she doesn't faint at like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. Um, of a little and demon. then Willow learns to be a little bit more daring yeah. and out there, which you know, also at the very end we see her walk in front of Oz's mm-hmm. van. And <laughs> I'm sorry, again, do you mean, do you mean like, Daniel? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 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 I know, okay, I know that that is his name. I know that. But at no annoying. point is he ever referred to that <laughs> okay. way. Okay, we're obviously making reference to our own social medias that the two of us read and no one else does, um, except for that other podcast. Um, but yeah. I got so Where mad did you see that? that? It was, was a People magazine? Yeah, I was just like, oh yeah, where are the stars now? Like, just, is there anything in here that I don't know? And then I was like, who the F is Daniel? But like, they had just like a little piece about Seth Green or something. Yeah, but they didn't... So here's the thing. Like, they referenced his character as Daniel. Mm -hmm. Like... Yeah, it's super weird. That some lazy writer went on the IMDb page and, like, pulled his character name and does not know what they're talking about. Like... Yeah. All you have... Literally, if you looked on Wikipedia, it would say Oz, you know, or, like, always referred to as Oz, I assume. I feel like even IMDb must say... Yeah. It hmm. it just doesn't make any sense. Shoddy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. Anyway, so she walks like, by. Like, why don't they just refer to Spike's character as... William? William. Like, Actually, sure, he does get called just, that a lot, but... Yeah. I was just... Maybe irrationally so, but I was <laughs> a little bit angry about that. Anyway, Oz, or Seth Green, we can just call him Seth Green, mm-hmm. um, sees w- Willow walk by, and so we get, like, another fun little scene of Oz wondering, who is that girl? Mm-hmm. Um, so they haven't met yet, but Oz is there. And yeah, but that's it. I mean, like, there's it. You're right in that it's more about characterization, right? Like, mm-hmm. we even get a little bit of a window into Giles' past. Course, yeah. Like, Ethan kind of throws out the line of like, they don't know who you are. Like, you've got them all fooled, mm-hmm. and now we're wondering like, who is Giles? Yeah. <laughs> like, thought he was some stuffy British watcher, you yeah. know, like trained for this. Um, and I mean, Spike kind of takes advantage of the situation, but, you know, he doesn't really learn anything from this. Mm-hmm. We do get some fun uh, Drusilla interaction with her dolls, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I... So, some, some of the things that I kind of want to discuss... Uh, shoot. I guess I just... Is it just because Buffy's young that she... Because she seems to genuinely think... I mean, sometimes people, right, like, if you're... Sometimes uh, girls or women or everybody, men, will be self-deprecating or, like, kind of put themselves down as a way, you know, as it is kind of like a way to be able to not brag about yourself but still say something great. But Buffy genuinely seems to be really struggling with this idea that, like, she can't be this pristine, like, 
well-coiffed, well-dressed all the time girl. I guess I just think it's a little bit, it's just shocking to me that she genuinely thinks that she would, that every guy, including Angel, would rather be with a girl who is pretty than with something else. But I think part of that goes back to, like, the initial characterization of Buffy, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Slayer is, like, that was the stuff that no, she cared to- about yeah. the most. And, like, we can see, like, she's slowly accepting, like, there's more important things. But also, like, that that was what the stuff she cared about in a simpler time. And I think it's more about, like, why can't this be all that I'm worried about? Mm-hmm. Why can't I at least show up on a date with my hair not full of straw? Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> I think it's... I don't know if it's necessarily that she thinks Angel cares enough like that as much about that like I mean Angel's I think she does like, think, obviously yeah. knows no, until I think he, he knows explains what it, it means, at the like, end to be the slayer but like I think maybe she gets this idea of like the kind of girl he was into was like this lady mm-hmm. I mean but, but maybe it is that she's really young because like yeah. it never occurred to her that in 200 years his stance might have evolved yeah Something about it does it just kind of strike me as young. Wasn't, but yeah. she is young, so it's totally fair. Yeah. And I do think that she genuinely by, has made a significant growth by the end of this episode into, like, accepting that, like, wait, I'm totally badass and I don't ever want to be helpless like that, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's it's easy to kind of question, like, why Buffy really cares about all that mm-hmm. stuff. But at the same time, like, it's sort of true in that, like... Yeah. No, I'm not questioning why she cares about it. That's how she's going to be judged, yeah. but... Yeah, I guess I'm questioning. I mean, it doesn't her, help that her perspective Cordelia is there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just questioning that she does seem to. She says some, she said something in this episode that was really like, "What guy wouldn't prefer that?" And it was just kind of like, "Ugh, Buffy." <laughs> but yeah. Also, Angel genuinely laughed at Cordelia's little uh, leather in her Barbie car joke. I can see why she'd be jealous. Yeah, when she I didn't really into- get it why that was funny, but I. Don't think that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so <laughs> uh, Okay, I did a very bad job of explaining what I meant in that, but I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. No, I think Allie. I got it. Like, yeah. you know, it's it is surprising that Buffy like consistently kind of like, but I think part of it is like she has no idea what Angel cares about mm-hmm. because he doesn't tell her. Like, he's not really an That's open true. book, yeah. <laughs> unless like she forces his hand like in this in this way, um, and like he's a little more forthcoming, like you know, at the end of the episode, but up until that point. But then, you know, maybe if she had stuck around for her date, she might have figured yeah, that out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, she's just being insecure, which is totally relatable and believable. So I don't mean to in any way judge her. I guess it's just like, it is totally one of those situations where it's like, as viewers, obviously we can tell that not only is she super capable and interesting and witty and all of these wonderful things, but she's also super hot. So it's like, what, you know, I think it always seems like, what would anybody have to be worried about? But of course, like when you're in your own head, like, it does seem like everybody is, you know, you could, you, you just think people will prefer other, other people. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, Buffy. I feel for you. I do feel kind of sad for Willow in that she spends the entire episode dressed like, like I said, like more provocatively, mm-hmm. like more like trendy, I guess. And Xander never really gets yeah. a chance to see it because he's not Xander. Yeah. And I do wonder, like, how, what they would have had his reaction to that. That's true. Like, would he have noticed that she's not just Willow, she's actually yeah. a girl. And Although they do establish that they all remember everything from the whole thing. So, in theory, he does, he should remember, like, seeing her. Yeah, but Obviously, are we going to no, pretend that, that Xander's not so self-involved that he's not just focused <laughs> just, on the part where he was true. a badass that's soldier? True. Like, true, true, true. 
Um, okay, but really my question, though, what what the hell is that costume supposed to be? I Willow looks great Willow's in it, costume? but what is it? <laughs> She's I just a just girl like whole, that's not Willow. <laughs> right, I think the whole point was Buffy was trying to encourage her to, like, get out of her comfort zone. Yeah, but, like, put some ears on it or something and be a sexy I cat. Not, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just literally be a girl in a crop top. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. She looked great, but what are you doing? Um, okay, so I had, I was going somewhere. Oh, okay. Now, I don't really have, I don't have much else significant to say, uh, but <laughs> this episode is just totally a moment where like wigs in television make me, they just drive me up a wall because they always look so bad. And specifically in this episode, right? Like Buffy starts the episode, everybody starts the episode like clearly in costume. And then once they transform, like they're, you know, like Xander's fake gun becomes a real gun. And like Buffy's hair is supposed to look, I think more natural. It looks, if anything, I think it looks worse than what the wig she was wearing as part of her costume was. <laughs> Oh, it just made me. Well, if she's supposed to turn into that, why did her hair, like, why is it down all of a sudden? It, is, like, it doesn't make sense, yeah. I think because yeah. they thought and that it, made the wig look better, but it didn't make it look any better. <laughs> this is the thing I don't understand about wigs. Yeah. Or maybe something that I do understand about wigs is that they must be so prohibitively hard. expensive yeah. if television shows and movies have a problem finding good ones. I, like, um, I only like, see like good ones on exist. Saturday Night like, Live. Like, like, everything else looks like garbage to me. <laughs> I mean... Like, wigs, you know, when you see a good one that, like, fools you, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but, like, how expensive must that be yeah. if, like, a TV... I mean, maybe because it's, like, a one-off or... Right. I don't know. But, like, I mean, there are shows where they wear the same, epi- well, the same right. wig from episode to episode, and it still it's looks so bad. bad. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Also, I kind of feel like they should have changed her dress a little bit. It looked to me like she was still wearing the same exact dress, unless it was supposed to be oh, that right. it, her costume was, like, an actual authentic thing. Maybe, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. They could have made it a little less cheap looking. Yeah. But <laughs> again, that might just be like budgetary yeah, stuff. I know. I should you know. be easier on them. Yeah. I mean, but I will say, like, I yeah, I don't really have too much more to say about this, but it's it, it is really a fun episode, mm-hmm. and the fun thing about this episode is like it gets called back to like a lot. so many yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes to the point of like stretching believability, mm-hmm. but. Um, but there's a great tie-in in season four, and um, it's just, it's kind of like, I think, one of the first episodes where it's like, they're just really having fun with this whole idea yeah. of, like, we've got all this supernatural stuff at our disposal, like, let's have some fun with it and see, like, this guy casts a spell yeah. on the town, and, like, everything kind of goes nuts, and, like, you know, they're not really focused on, like, people are dying right. or getting hurt. It's like, they're trying to d- diffuse this situation, but, like, it's at the end of it, like, and it is a really cool device of, like, exploring like their yeah, anxiety exactly yeah that they're worried about we just learn more about everybody and yeah uh, i mean i just think about every time i wear a costume like <laughs> what i want to become this thing <laughs> um i do again like this every line in this episode could go on a beautiful poster but like oh my god cordelia in the bathroom telling buffy that when it comes to dating i'm the slayer like oh she just delivered that line perfectly that one could be really cheesy i think if she did it badly but i really liked it um, I think my favorite line of this episode is Drusilla, and she's like, do you know what I miss? <laughs> Leeches. <laughs> uh, my other favorite, uh, the, the two contenders, is Buffy talking about how great it would be to be a noblewoman in the 18th century, and Willow being like, well, I prefer being able to vote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay. 
Nice. You're right. And then also, I just really did enjoy Spike in this episode, just like utterly delighting in all the chaos. So like, I don't even well, think this is just neat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's my other favorite line. Like, I don't even think he's really that disappointed when he doesn't get to kill the Slayer in the end, because like he had a great night. <laughs> he got to run around yeah. with little kid demons like <laughs> like he also thought he was going to have like a quiet night. Yeah, at home, exactly. And it turns out like, yeah, uh, um, even at the very end. So like they you know, him and his kind of lackeys who seem to all be children in costume that got turned into demons. Uh, okay. So here's the question I have though. So mm-hmm. obviously some people got turned into like vampires. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. And those vampires seem to be able to just enter the house, right? Like oh. the normal rules like didn't apply. Like, Oh yeah, you're right. You huh? know, like that one they came in. right in and they didn't have to invite them in. Interesting. And then the, but, but then they know that they can't kill anyone because it could be a kid or someone yeah. who's turned into their costume. And then Angel's calling for a stake. Like he's going to stake this vampire. And it's like, does he just not know yet? Like what the yeah. situation is really? Or I guess does he, he assume it's a, like yeah. a vampire that he recognizes or like, cause I kind of questioned that. Like, I was in. like, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah. Like I was like, it can't be a real vampire because it got in, but then why are you trying to kill it? It's a person. Mm. And I don't think he ends up killing it, but no, like he doesn't. But that, I right, really question that. that. I was like, yeah, I never noticed that before, mm. but it's a bit of continuity, <laughs> okay. continuity issue there. But what I did enjoy um, is at the end, Spike. You know, everybody turns back into themselves at just the right, you know, in the nick of time, and then like a bunch of the guys in the background are just wearing like really cheesy vampire costumes. It yeah. <laughs> just really made me laugh. I was like, oh, literally, a bunch of your lackeys today were just people in costume. <laughs> I do like you see the difference between like the cheap store costumes mm-hmm. and then like the makeup yeah. department like yeah. costumes, but um, it makes me never question like the quality of like the vampire makeup. Sure, yes, yeah. it's still so much better than like what it could be. Um, um, so yeah, I, and then we have Larry the pirate mm-hmm. who I don't think I ever really noticed that was. Yeah, him. me neither. Not until Xander said like I got a sense of closure from that. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean he gets introduced in this episode. He'll, he'll be he'll be around this next yeah, season then too. The next season, um, I'm sorry, this season and I think he's the next one comes back in in this season perhaps yeah. as well. No, he um, is. He's in this one and and three. Right. Speaking of Larry, though, like that whole scene with Xander mm-hmm. and Larry and the soda machine. I think the thing that bothered me the most at the end of that is like Buffy, like you know, pulls Larry off of Xander and like kind of Xander gets embarrassed, but like. Also, Buffy steals his soda. Yeah, she does. <laughs> like, he like, puts a dollar cool in, soda. and the machine doesn't work, and then she's like, and he's like, what just happened? And she was like, oh, I saved a dollar. And it's like, no, you, you, <laughs> you didn't. Stole like, a that, dollar. that was Xander. <laughs> like, Xander already paid for it. Yeah. And he just lets her take it because he's like, you know, all like, in a bother. But yeah. like, I was like, Buffy, you just stole Xander's soda. <laughs> um, just rubbing salt in the wound, yeah. essentially. Well, so you mentioned it, but I'm curious if you have any other thoughts about Giles. Do you think that you were surprised about this the first time you watched it? Because he really does. He hasn't um, even really exhibited any kind of skill up until this point. You know, not no skill, but like he's been a little bit helpless in certain situations. So it is kind of funny to watch him like just beat up Ethan and like capably, you know. Right. Well, and so here's the thing that I was trying to think about was I don't remember if I saw this episode before the one where we learn more mm-hmm. about Giles's past. Mm-hmm. So like it could be that I was just like not surprised. Oh, yeah, that's what they're talking about. But I do think it is because like up to this point, like Giles is I mean, we see him interact with Buffy like he's training her. He's not really um, depicted as like a good fighter. Yeah. Right. Like he's 
um, always kind of bumbling in yeah. like, his training and like all that stuff. And it could be, now we're finding out maybe it's just because he's like Buffy really is that strong. Right. And like that's what I was gonna say. All of that, but but yeah, like he's beating the shit out of Ethan. Yeah. And not like and not he's like not showing remorse. You know, he has no, no problem like, doing he's, this. He gets kind of dark, mm-hmm. and then that kind of really like drives it home of like. Like, you could think Ethan is just kind of saying stuff to, like, distract him. Sure, but, like, but you're like, like wow, like, no, he's saying something that there's, there's, there's a, like, a story here. Yeah. And this being Buffy, like, of course, we're going to find out what it is. But, um, yeah, it, it is really interesting. Like, Giles, the stuffy librarian, turning into, like, you know, badass watcher yeah. protecting his charge. And, you know, and as soon as they walk into that store and he makes Willow leave, yeah. like, he realizes who it is. Yeah. Like, Immediately, it's kind of like, wait, Giles doesn't usually, like, operate this yeah. way. Willow did um, knock a curtain on her way out <laughs> when she's supposed to be a ghost. <laughs> but, oh, did she? Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> Also, okay, Willow's that? a ghost. Why is Giles making her leave? Well, I, you know, I said the same thing. But it's because, um, because he doesn't want her to hear that stuff about him. Uh, you know, he's I trying to still keep that a secret from them. Um, but it is interesting. I do really love as the show goes on like I love Dark Giles and he is he is gonna prove to be like willing to do things when other people are not or willing to do them so that other people can stay innocent like that's kind of right I don't know I guess I just love that as like a as a genre trope but I like love but you know what is very interesting about saying like you're saying that what's interesting to me is that's exactly the arc that Wesley goes through on Angel. It's true. Like, yeah. he starts out as, like, bumbling watcher yeah. and eventually goes darker and darker because he's the one who's willing to do what needs to be done or what he thinks needs to be done and I wonder if there's an element of, like, their watcher training mm-hmm. of, like, it is so black and white of good versus evil and obviously out in the field, like, the line starts to get a little bit yeah. blurred, but, like, maybe not as much as you think. Like, that's interesting. Because I don't think Giles like, really gets black and white about it. I think he is more so willing to, like, if killing this person means a hundred people are going to live, then I'm going to kill that person. Whereas like Buffy's never going to make that choice. I'm like, I don't really right, think that's, that's him being black mean, and white like, about not, it. I think that's black him. black and white. Like this is good. Oh, and this okay. is bad, But more black and white of like, this is what you do yeah. to defeat evil. No matter like the price. Or, I mean, because think of the training that you have to go through to be a watcher. Like you're sending a young girl out to her death. Yeah. I was thinking night, about that a lot. And you have yeah. to be okay with that. And so it takes a certain element of like, running the numbers of, like, okay, this one girl, this next girl, the next girl Mm -hmm. after that, they're expendable so that more people might live. And that's a calculation that they make every day in being a watcher. And so I think it's really interesting that, yeah, that kind of... You need a certain element of darkness or just pure rationality, I yeah, guess, yeah. to, I think to that's, do that. And I think we kind that, of see yeah. Wesley have a similar kind of arc. Mm. So I think that's really interesting. And I think when Giles goes dark, he is really dark. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some, like a certain example that I can't remember. Oh, I remember what it I'm is. I'm thinking of season yeah. five. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Yep. Um, yep. And the comics, one of the only ones I read, but yeah. I don't really go for that much. Um, okay. I kind of, again, in my, like, quick internet research, somebody suggests that uh, Cordelia doesn't actually find out that Angel is a vampire in this episode because she doesn't believe... She doesn't. Because she doesn't believe them. Right. That did not come across to me. I didn't pick that up. Oh, no, she... Because she was like, oh, like... Because Buffy was screaming yeah. and she was like, oh, Buffy has this whole thing where she thinks, like, you're a vampire or whatever. And, like, no one really... Like, he doesn't really say, like, I am. Mm-hmm. Like... 
yeah, I think she doesn't. Like, they, they tell her in all seriousness, and she just assumes that they're lying yeah. to her. So I never she doesn't up find that. out. And I don't remember when she really finds out for sure. Supposedly it happens off screen. <laughs> but it I think that's a weird explanation, though. Why? Okay. I mean, I don't think she's going to find out again. I think she's just going to figure out that they weren't lying to her, you know? Well, she'll probably see Angel, like, fight yeah. in action or yeah. something. Um, um, I, I mean, I guess she didn't notice in the previous episode when he came to her rescue all vamped out. I Yeah. Uh, oh, was he vamped out there? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Because remember at the end of it, she, like, comes up and hugs him, but, like, I think She must not have seen him, normal. though. Yeah. Yeah, he probably looked normal again at that point, but... I know, because the first time I watched this, I was, like, confused. Like, wait, why are they... Shouldn't she know? But I guess... I mean, she never figured it out, like, in any of the times. Yeah. I, that doesn't make any sense yeah, to me. Yeah, really. I agree. Now I'm, now I'm questioning this. Um, it does make for a nice comedic moment, sure. though. So. Although, as I said, I didn't get the joke. <laughs> so I'm disagreeing with you to sound cool. But, um... Okay, there's one other important thing that we didn't talk about, and I also haven't mentioned the other chart that I'm never going to actually make, but I'm going to claim that I'm going to make. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you're going to go make charts right now. Well, so I really like the beginning of this episode, right? Like, Buffy's fighting a vampire in a pumpkin patch because it's Halloween. And at the end of it, she grabs him and kills him with, like, a signpost. And I was thinking, uh-huh. like, man, I wonder how many times, or what are all, what I want to know is, like, all the various things that she kills vampires with that are not actual stakes. Because like, she's so well, clever about the, it, but it's also just always funny. They're probably all made of wood, Well, right? obviously, but I'm just saying it's always yeah. really funny to me. Like, I, I guess really I'm just saying that it's, like, it is one of the reasons why the show is fun to watch is, like, the, the choreography is, like, it's engaging, and they always do something, you know, like, they're witty with the fights, too. You know, it's not just dialogue that's witty. It's, like, she's always, I mean, signpost isn't particularly creative, but I just, like, you never know how she's going to do it. I don't know. That's true. Okay. Like you're she not interested in this chart. That's fine. No, I am. Like she snapped that like pull cue mm-hmm. and like to stake yeah. a vampire in like the pilot, I yeah. think. And then um, she uses this. She killed the master on like a banister, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, yeah, that was kind of interesting. Uh, there's an example from season three that I'm thinking of where they get a little creative. You can just say what the thing is. Faith. I think it's just like a really big piece of wood. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, um, sometimes she uses swords. Yeah. I'm less interested in the actual weapons and more like the many times that she just picks up a shard of wood. <laughs> Anything. Um. Yeah, we never really see her use a pencil. Don't they use a pencil at some point? I think they do. Or does Willow? Willow does. Because she learns how to Perhaps. float pencils. That's like the first thing she does. Yeah. I think she kills a vampire with a pencil. Eh, I might be making it up. Okay, okay, well, the only way to figure this out is to make a chart. Um, yes, and to continue watching. And to continue watching. The other thing that we didn't talk about is uh, the vampires filming Buffy and then Spike watching it. Yes, so I did make a note about this because this just kind of proves Spike is very smart. Yeah. Right? Like, he's watching the enemy and, like, it's like watching game footage. Right? Totally, like, yeah. He's, he's going to figure it out. He's sending a out there to film Buffy fighting someone, mm-hmm. and he's learning her style. Like, he's... Like, learning, like, she's... And he's, like, even marveling at, like, yeah. how she kills this vampire. Like, she's got flair, and he's kind of realizing, like, this is not a normal slayer. Um, but he's smart. Like, he's not going after her again. Like, she, like, you know, kicked his ass Yeah, so school. he's like, okay, so, this needs more time and effort. Yeah. He's taking his time, and he's, like, studying the enemy, and he's going to figure out mm-hmm. the best plan of attack. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's so smart. Yeah. And it's also, like, kind of should be a signal of, like, Spike is not just, like, a one-off kind yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 
I mean, at this point, it might be clear. I mean, like, I think it was only supposed to be in, like, two episodes originally. Mm-hmm. And at this point, it's been, you know, he's been in about half of the season yeah. so far. So, um, or has he? I mean, yeah. he was in School Hard and then this one. Oh, maybe it was just those two. Right, because he didn't get introduced until School Hard. before School Hard. Mm. Like, he shows, I don't know, mm. maybe it's just these two, but... No, School Hard is the first one because we talked about how like we were excited to do that episode because it's his first appearance. Right. So this is his only his second episode. Okay. Okay. But it, it so a third but it of doesn't them. end yeah. with like him being defeated. Of so course. like it's clear that he's sticking around a little bit longer. And I wonder if the original plan was that she would like then kill him at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. But then obviously you don't get rid of Spike when you've got like magic on of your course, hands. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. So that's I think that's everything that I yeah. I mean as I said, like, it's kind of surprising how much I enjoy this episode and how little I really have to say about yeah. it. Um, but it was just so fun to watch. Like, it's never not, like, it put me in such a good mood. It's always one that I love to go back to. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so, it feels so fun. Like, a, like a, you know how sometimes shows do, like, holiday episodes and they're just kind of yeah. fun? And, like, this feels very much in that vein. Totally. Um, it, like I said, always makes me double think my Halloween costume. <laughs> and they, yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, one year I went as a butterfly, and I was like, is this a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, okay. Well, we should just move on to our little closing segment, which is what what pop culture are you doing? Oh, okay. Actually, I'm really excited to talk this time about um, share some pop culture that I recently discovered. Um, so I briefly mentioned it at the beginning of this, but I was out of the country for like a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I was traveling for work and vacation and I went to Australia for three weeks and I, like one of the first days I was there, I was just like, like the, the fun thing about traveling outside the country is like you get access to like their version yeah, of Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of things that are on there that we don't have. Like for one thing, um, Fresh Prince is on Netflix in Australia. Oh, interesting. Yep. Um, and like a couple other things. I mean, a lot of it's the same, obviously, like all the Netflix shows are the same, but some of the other stuff is obviously like different. And I was kind of just browsing through TV shows Mm. and I found this sitcom called Upper Middle Bogan. Okay. And (laughs) a bogan in Australia is from what I gather, like either, like, equivalent to what we would call, like, a redneck or someone even said it's, like, white trash. Okay. So basically, like, lower class, like, white Australians, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, like, blew through this entire series. Like, I mean, it's easy to do because, again, like, it's a, a, a show made very similar to, like, the British model. Like, there's only eight episodes mm-hmm. every season, 30-minute um, episodes. Like, you could blow through it in no time. Um, but basically it's about this... Um, anesthesiologist who is married to an architect and she has two kids and like her uh, mother is like from a very well-to-do family and so they're very like upper middle class Mm -hmm. right and she discovers that she's adopted okay and so then she meets her birth family and they are bogans okay and and the entire series just is built around this like conflict of like different classes coming together trying to be family there's a lot of conflict around like the fact that she didn't know she was adopted Mm -hmm. so um there's a lot of like the fallout from that with her mother there's her mother meeting this new family and interacting with them and her mother is like such a snob and like these people are like the opposite of snobs Mm -hmm. and um and the family also like does like drag racing and all this stuff Mm. but 
it reminds me so much of comedies that I love where you get these throwaway joke mm-hmm. lines where like 10 minutes later you're like wait what did they say <laughs> and it finally hits and you're like oh my god like and it's not quite as clever or intricate but it reminded me a lot of Arrested Development mm-hmm. in the way things dovetail mm-hmm. with each other right and it's super fun to watch the accents are amazing the characters are funny it's like cleverly done and I was just like got so into the show and then my mom came to join me in Australia mm-hmm. and I made her watch it and she got really into it <laughs> so I would fully recommend it to like well can I watch could, like, it here I don't know uh-huh. like so I I mean search the internet yeah. find out like a way to find it um but it I really enjoyed it so it might not be fair to be giving a pop culture reference that's like unavailable but <laughs> hopefully there's I mean, a way to find you know, it yeah I'm sure there's some back avenue of the internet yeah. where people could find it if they really wanted to yeah um but that that was I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fun. It was like, you know, I'm like living in Australia fun. for three weeks and like watching Australian TV because like every time I turned on the actual TV, it was like cheers reruns. <laughs> so, I don't, you know, it's not quite the same. <laughs> I wonder if I don't know if uh, Terrace House releases in Australia earlier than it does here. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I, I, I didn't even check. Yeah, I should have. Asked I still too. haven't watched. So yeah. I need to. Um, I need to do that. Oh, my God. They're not releasing the next part until September, I think. Oh, God. I'm, like, really annoyed. It'll be here before <laughs> you know be it. It's going to be so long. Because I still oh. have no idea how it's almost August. That's true. But so. it's just it's so frustrating because they release parts of it around the world. Like, people in other parts of the world have been watching it for weeks. And they go on the Internet and they talk about it. And I get really sad. It's like having to wait to find out what happens on Great British Bake Off. Yeah, exactly. It's really unfair. Although now I don't care what happens on Great British Bake Off. But right. I think there's one or two more seasons that I haven't seen. I still haven't seen a whole still, bunch, but... Still good. Um, yeah. But yeah. I honestly don't really have a recommendation this week. I've just been rewatching The Office. <laughs> well, that there you go. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty great. Seasons one, one through three, really two and three, are just like... They're still really great and so classic. Um... Yeah, some some people that I know had never seen seasons one through three and had only seen seasons four through mm. like six, and I was like, you don't even know what this show is. So some people that you know, are you questioning life? <laughs> exactly. Should you have moved your things into <laughs> to live your with new someone apartment? who's never seen season, <laughs> never seen Casino Night? I was like, wait, do you not know what Casino Night is? And he was like, what? And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> anyway, so I guess if you haven't ever seen seasons two and three of The Office, like, what are you doing? Go watch them. Yeah, if you came into the office late and your only idea of the office is Robert California, mm-hmm, yeah. then please go back and correct that mistake. <laughs> I haven't even seen much past season five. Maybe I don't none. Think, I think I watched sporadically after season five, mm-hmm. and then I think I have seen like one episode, one or two episodes after Steve Carell left. Okay. And I think that might include the finale. Okay. Like I you definitely did watch watched the finale. The finale yeah, I remember you talking but about it. I remember watching that, and then I remember, I think I saw, like, maybe, like, one other episode that season, Mm. like, and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And, like, it was like they were, like, threatening Jim and Pam, and I was like, you do not mess with this. (laughs) You do not enjoy this. Um, Yeah, cool. So, okay, okay, so next time we've got, um, what do we have next time? Ooh, Lie to Me and The Dark Age. I don't really remember what either of me those are about. <laughs> I remember how Lie to um, Me ends, but that's it. 
Which one is lie to me? Well, she just says lie to like she that's that name of the episode comes from a line that Buffy says at the end to Giles in a graveyard. I don't even remember what they're talking about. Okay, and then the Dark Age, I think, is we get a little bit more on Giles's past. Ooh. Yeah, I'm all about Dark yeah. Giles. Yeah, kind of really excited for that. Yeah. So, okay, so uh, that's all we've got today on Reptile Boy and Halloween. Um, Halloween. Okay. As well as a lot of ramblings on whatever we just talked about and what we're doing <laughs> in our lives. I hope you guys care a lot. Uh, yeah, I hope you do. I mean, like, because we just like to brag about how we go to, like, Australia and New Zealand and San Francisco. And, <laughs> you know, that's really the main thing we're trying to get across is that we're just cool people who get on airplanes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> um, with that. In reality, I go almost nowhere. So. <laughs> you travel a lot. For work. Okay. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Well, I'm Team Spike still this week, hardcore, because he was delightful. I... Uh, I don't want to have a team anymore. Okay, you know what? I'm going to be Team Giles yeah. because he really saved the day on Halloween, but I feel like I've backed myself into a corner on this whole team thing because I, who whose team am I on, really? Willows, like, whenever you don't know. Oh, that's a very good point. I could be that. But I am Team Giles this week. Yeah. I, or I guess I should say Team Ripper. <laughs> we will find out what that means. This really doesn't work as a sign-off because we talk about it for like another three minutes. <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Uh, goodbye, Bye. everyone. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com.